Hello and welcome back to the Church of Jesus Christ study session with Come Follow Me. I'm your host Matthew Roberts and this is Series 3, Episode 140 of this Daily Study Podcast. Thank you once again for joining us as we pause from our Come Follow Me studies for today as we usually do on a Monday and we review some listener comments and also something else that I've been studying this week. Um, we've had a couple of comments on Facebook which I'm going to uh, cover today. Uh, so thank you very much for those. You can find the Church of Jesus Christ Study Session podcast on Facebook as Church of Jesus Christ Study Session. Please do join us there and share your comments and uh, thoughts about what we've been sharing. Um, it'd be great uh, to kind of hear your thoughts about what we've been studying, and I'll share those on future podcast episodes like this one. Um, There's also the email, ldsstudysession at gmail.com which you can also contact me on uh, and share some of your thoughts about what has been shared on the podcast and what you've been studying too. So this week uh, we talked about discerning false spirits and knowing what spirit is from God. Uh, We've had a couple of um, thoughts on this. Um, Ellie Hollis rightly tells us that verse 23 says that that which doth not edify is not of God and is darkness. And I think that's a really good indicator and a barometer to measure these feelings that we have on, you know, does it, edify does it uplift does it um you know fill us with joy um then if so it is likely from god um but if not uh, then we can presume that it's from some other place or some other influence um candace welch also said this um i really liked your thought about asking if something is just for show or if it really draws us closer to the spirit it seems a lot of what these early members and shakers were doing was more for show than for the spirit but we can definitely ask ourselves the same question too. Do I go to church for the for show or is it for the spirit? Is the prayer I say for show or does it bring to the, or is it to bring the spirit? Is what I'm doing for show or am I following the spirit or bringing the spirit into my life? Just some good thoughts to ask ourselves. And I certainly think this is the case that we need to think on. Um, and I'm certain there's been times in my life I've gone to church or done some of the things which we are meant to do to bring the spirit into our lives for show or because that's just what we do. Um, and I think that it's important as much as we can, um, that we do these things for the spirit and aim to have the spirit more in our lives. Um, we won't be perfect, but of course we're not, no one is perfect. Uh, and that's, you know, not, not a problem as long as we are striving to do our best, uh, with that. It's only a problem when we aren't trying to, trying to make the right choices. That's when the problem comes. Um, so yeah, that's um, that's that. Uh, so I'm going to move on now onto what we've something else I've been studying for this week. Now, this is actually following on from last week, uh, going into a, a an article that I begun sharing or began sharing with you, but just didn't have time to cover all of. It's in the April 2021 uh, Enzyme, uh, and it's actually in the digital version only. So you'll only find it on the Gospel Library app, not in the actual paper magazine. Um, but uh, it is an interesting article nonetheless. Um, just to remind you, if you missed it last week, first of all, you may as well go back and listen to that episode just from last Monday, uh, which would have been episode 133, I presume. Um, but it's uh, questions to ask yourself before you talk about less active members. Um, and I was going through the points that they were saying. Basically, it's written by a member who is the only member of their family who is in the church. And just helping us be more aware of the way that we speak about less active members um, and how we and how we should treat them and, and think of them with love rather than the fact that they've kind of gone astray. Um, 
So the third point she makes, I'm not going to review the ones I've said before because it'll take too much time and we won't get to the end of this. But the third point she makes, and if you want to look at the other two points in the introduction she gives, listen to the, the episode from last week. Um, she says, how do I respond when someone says they have less active family members? Um, the fact is, is that, you know, people who have less active family members, she says, love their family still more often than not. Um, and the fact that they're less active doesn't change how much they love them. Um, she says, quote, having less active loved ones is not nearly as uncommon as it used to be. And people have come a long way in their responses to all sorts of families and circumstances. We can be understanding and offer heartfelt responses that won't minimize the person's current experience. Close quote. I think that's important, you know, that we recognize that it must be a difficult thing that they're going through. But also, you know, um, that they still love them and they're still a big part of their family. Um, but one of the things which I think I would find most difficult um, is this, uh, the fourth point she makes. Am I empathetic toward eternal un uncertainty? Now, I'm going to share what she says because it's really insightful, I think. She says, quote, When my seminary class discussed anything that had to do with the hereafter, from spirit prison to sealed couples being sorted into their degrees of glory together, my stomach started to do somersaults. I won't lie, I do worry about where my family will fit in after death. I try to trust in the knowledge that God is good and that my dad is good, but right now there's a gap in our family's eternal future. We simply don't know what will happen. And she leaves it there on that comment. You know, there's no, you know, re resolution. There's no, you know, answer that says everything will be all right, except for the fact that the Saviour and his atonement will make all things wrong right. But of course, her, her dad has the agency to not make that choice in the hereafter. And that could be really difficult uh, to, to come to terms with. Um, as a tip, she says, quote, show empathy for others. Families with less active members aren't the only people who deal with this, but it can be emotionally taxing, especially in church settings. When I share my concerns, I'm not looking for answers. I'm just looking for empathy, for someone to agree that this is hard sometimes, close quote. And that's the point that she has to make there. As I just mentioned, you know, she kind of finishes that explanation without a, without a resolution, without an answer. And sometimes, you know, when people are sharing these real concerns about the hereafter, when some of their family members are no longer participating at church, you know, some very often they're not looking for an answer because really no one can give that fully. What they're looking for is just empathy, someone to support them and, and, and recognize just how difficult it is. I think her next uh, comment is one that I personally need to be a bit more careful of, and it's this. Uh, her fifth point is, do my lessons and comments include or exclude others? Um, she says, quote, I eventually realised that I could soften a negative discussion by piping up and saying, oh, I disagree, my dad is less active, and almost immediately people's comments become kinder, and many even backtrack on their previous insensitive comments. I think sometimes, and, and I'm only going off what I've experienced, um, we have a we have a kind of once we're in our Sunday school lesson or we're in our church and it's us in there and we all have the same values and beliefs in there, it can become almost like an echo chamber and we start discussing things and we go down a path and then eventually things become a bit more focused inwards rather than outwards. Not on purpose, you know, we, we all you know have faults and we all recognise that. Um, but I think that sometimes, particularly when we're talking about less active members who are not there, 
um, we can sometimes um, not quite think about those people we're speaking about. Um, and it says, she says, quote, a good rule of thumb in church discussions is to assume that no matter what you're discussing, someone in your group has experienced it, is experiencing it, or will experience it, or they have a loved one who is going through it. Once people know about my family situation, they were much gentler. They knew that to me, it wasn't just a conversation about less active or disaffected members. This was about my father, close quote. That's her last comment, or her last point, and it's a really insightful one. Realising that every discussion we have in church is about real situations, real people's lives we're talking about. And the things that we talk about, you know, people have either, as she says, gone through it or are going through it right now or will go through it. And so to be more loving and empathetic and aware of others' needs and feelings I think is an important way to go. Thank you very much for listening to this uh, discussion today on that. Uh, the, the article is a really good one and I encourage you to have a look at it. Please do share the podcast. Please share it with someone that you think might be interested and leave a comment or, or a review on your podcasting platform. That would really help. Thank you for your time and until we meet again.